if there are two books that every entrepreneur on earth should read, it's Delivering Happiness and E-Myth. All right, guys, welcome to another week of Funny Business. Today with me, I have Lorianne Isaacson from Personnel Matters. Lorianne, how are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be on your show. Glad to have you. So before we dive into Personnel Matters, why don't you tell everybody what it is that you guys do? Okay, so uh, this company was started back in 2009, and we work with a lot of small businesses, many startup businesses in all walks of life, but uh, a lot of our focus has definitely been in the healthcare industry. Um, What we do is we work with the new entrepreneurs in terms of systematizing their business, right? So when you start as an entrepreneur, you have a lot of great, great, great ideas. And then what ends up happening is uh, you're working in your business rather than on your business. So I come in and work out how the business you know, strategy wise and get you really working on the business. And rather than you writing all of the policies and protocols, I get all of that done and put in place. So you become system dependent, not people dependent. Before we dive too much else into that, I love getting to know the background of the people that are on the show. So where'd you grow up and what was your childhood like? Okay. So I am from uh, California, Van Nuys, California. So you can call me a a True Valley girl and, you know, grew up there right on Hollywood Boulevard. Actually, I was in an apartment building and then eventually moved up into the Hollywood Hills. My father was, you know, an architect engineer and and my mom an interior designer and all that. Right. So I got I, I obviously I was working for him and I have found over the many, many years that I've been working with people that people love doing what they're good at and could care less about what they're not good at. And that's where I got my organizational skills because my father, as an engineer architect, was very, very detail-oriented in terms of that. And that's back when he had the blueprints and creating construction documents. And I would just help around the office, and I, I found myself very diligent in working and organizing and found my love for that. And as a kid, you know, I was a big runner. I did a couple of marathons, you know, in in my later teens and uh, but ran for years. I do seven, eight miles every day. No fail from 16 on up. I would just I was a runner, swimmer. California has incredible beaches. Never became a surfer, surprisingly. But I spent most of my childhood on the beach. I would assume that you got sucked into your parents' business out of just family necessity you know yeah I mean he had a great office manager it was in so for the first couple of years you know at at finishing high school going into college I definitely helped with it but um I think uh he saw the necessity for organization so he got a good office manager in there and and then I wanted to do my own thing so I actually got into property management, construction and property management, actually. You know, I, I can do some basic HVAC, electrical, plumbing. It's surprising. Most people are very surprised. And then I went onto the purchasing side and then eventually worked in hotel and was a concierge and then eventually went into the management team and human resources. And that's what I've been doing since I was 26. You've had quite the journey. I did. I did. And I love the journey because it's been very hands-on. My father wanted me to learn to appreciate the physical, you know, the here and the now. 
So, um, you know, having done construction and, you know, been, I did carpentry for two years, believe it or not, I could make cabinets. I could make anything. I'm a little rusty now, thank gosh, but uh, it, it was, it was, it was great back, you know, in your early 20s. How exactly did you go from all of that into creating personnel matters? Well, anybody in the hotel business will tell you once you get in it, you almost never come out. And there I was at 30 years old going, I'm not, I don't have kids yet. So my husband and I made a very conscientious choice to move from Florida, where we were, uh, where we met and I was working back out to California. And instead of hotel, I got into property management, which isn't too far, but uh, it was commercial property management. There were two very large buildings in downtown LA that I managed. And ironically, what, what it was, was it was during the craft, so 2007, 2008, the building was about 20% occupied, and it was a 14-story and 10-story building. So they, they, they had a lot of empty offices. And I just took advantage of the crash where I contacted all the, the offices in Burbank and downtown LA on the west side, and I said, Instead of spending the $35, $45 a square foot per office, come here for $15 a square foot, you know, 16. So within a year, we filled up the building and then I just started creating processes. How do you do this? If you lose a key, if somebody forgets this. And I just saw that it worked and the customers were happy. They actually, the tenants' customers were happy because the building was clean. It was easy to solve their problems. But more importantly, a lot of the the tenants were medical clinics. So we had acupuncture, uh, chiropractor, physical therapists, you name it. And then we had a ton of attorneys, CPAs, and all of that. And most of these guys are incredible with their craft. They're very good with their craft, but they didn't know human resource side of it. They didn't know how to actually build the business. So it was of my vested interest that they become successful so I could retain them as tenants. And in 2007 and 8 and 2009, medical was not doing well. Insurance was a disaster. So for free, I would help them. And my dad said, well, I mean, cool, but you should start charging them. So after a few years of doing that, I started Personnel Matters. And it's a little play on words. Personnel do matter. And there are personnel matters. So it started and, you know, I got my first client who was a chiropractor uh, and more integrative doctor and been doing it ever since. So how does it feel to go from employee to CEO? Okay, so for all the entrepreneurs here listening, that is a, you know, we dream of working for ourselves. Most, most people don't, when you, you become an entrepreneur, you're, you're already a born natural leader somehow. You know, it's not, you might not be the best at everything, but you have a lot of great ideas and you're an idea person. And that's how I was. I mean, I always had ideas. I was a natural leader, um, not by position, but just by birth, I guess. I don't know what it was. But an entrepreneur is a very, very brave person because you quit a 40 hour work week to go work 80 hours for yourself. Your family's around, but you're really in the business, right? So at the end of the day, though, we like to do our job the way we like to do it. And 
that's that's what's most enjoyable about it. You mentioned that you would be, uh, come from an office management situation earlier on in life, and that's kind of how you had an expertise to be able to help businesses actually run their systems better. Um, but where else do you discover your insights from? You know, I mean, my biggest, I read a lot, right? So like, uh, you know, I love the book, uh, E-Myth, Good to Great, Atomic Habits. You know, I'm, I'm constantly, constantly reading. I try to do way more reading than watching sitcoms or, or TV shows. But, you know, it's, there's so much information out there. And it's not about reinventing the wheel. It's about taking information that's out there and making how it can be utilized for you, if that makes sense. I hope that answers the question. You know, having been in a hotel, everything's very process-oriented. If anybody is in manufacturing, it's very process-oriented. You have Six Sigma. You know, it's all focused on processes, processes, processes. And if you look at uh, McDonald's, you know, uh, if you go into a Mac store, no matter where you go in the entire planet in a Mac store, they're all dressed the same. They have the same type of people that they hire, uh, the same questions. They, they all give the same answers to because we all ask the same questions, right? Yeah. So if one documents those systems, you put a system in place and you get just good people that match the personality of the company and fit in with you and how you see the company. And then all of a sudden, now you've got a working system. How does poor productivity start? And how do you know what to do to improve it? Poor productivity starts actually at the point of hiring, right? The entrepreneur, the CEO, the, the, the inventor, the creator, they have an idea in their mind of what they want. Mm-hmm. They, they have an idea of how they want their company. Every company, every person is not the same. And even you could have somebody who's a wonderful, wonderful person, very, very skilled, but who's not a personality fit for the the company. You can have somebody who's a great personality that you get along with, but doesn't have this skill, right? So that is sorted out, obviously, in the hiring process. If you name, this is who I want, these are the skills that I want. So then when you're doing the interviewing and the hiring, you can actually get that type of person. Now, in the beginning, as you're building your business, hire anyone, again, that matches your criteria. But then as you're training those people, you're going to see what you love about them and what you don't like. Don't be afraid to let go of what you don't like. You never want to create a toxic work environment. But poor productivity comes from a very bad onboarding and lack of company culture because you want to create an incredible employee experience. That's what's going to make the difference in that. When you have an, an incredible employee experience, that creates loyalty. Loyalty creates longevity. And that's where you get these 10 people have been with me for many, 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 many years. So what's like the number one thing that your employees would say is the thing that like gets them to stick around? Including them, having them part of the process. You know, having them part of building it, listening to them. They have great ideas. There's your A personality, which is mostly entrepreneurs that want to go out there and just shatter the world and break break all barriers. But you also have the B personalities who are your support system. That's your supporting actor. 
and you want to make them part of it. And they generally tend to be the intellectual part. And so you have the bright idea and they're the implementer. But it goes all the way down to 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 the the, the most junior employee, right? Or the most new employee. People will have bright ideas as long as it sticks to what your culture is about and what your mission statement is about. Think outside the box. I mean, if if anything 2020 did bring us, decide closer to our family and getting to know if we could really live with our spouses. <laughs> what it brought is we all thought outside the box. We all had to innovate. We all had to come up with creative ideas of how to do something different. And that's what you have to allow your team to do and, and have a think tank, have a, have a monthly a monthly get-together of different departments and, and think outside the box. Talk about the kind of uh, management tools that you can use to measure performance. Okay, obviously you have your standard performance management, uh, you know, your annual, your 90-day, you have a self-assessment, you have the 360. Um, most people here should be familiar with those. 360 is newer in the last 10 years, and that is where an employee evaluates all those working around them, right? So, uh, you know, their associates, but also their direct reports, because it also keeps the direct reports in line. But again, I go back to this one very key point is the onboarding process. If you have a really good onboarding process, which, you know, it, it takes about 30 to 60 days for an, an employee to really understand what the company's about, mm. right? They're not going to learn it in the first week and they're not going to learn it in the first month. I mean, in the first week, they're still trying to figure out where the restroom is and if they're allowed to use the coffee mug and trying to remember everybody's name. Once they get that around your, your, your 30 days, start grouping them into the culture. They're going to see what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. And, you know, I create policies. I, I, I document this. You know, you end up with binders you know, a general policy manual that just tells you where you park, you know, when your lifetime is, these, these basic questions that they have. But then the rest is about them fitting in with the people around them. And that's, that's what really that introductory period used to be referred to as probation, now introductory. That is where they're being introduced to the personality of the office. All right, so this is the, the, the meat and potatoes of funny business for us. Always, there's always somebody out there seeming to do what we're doing, but a little bit better. And I love this concept that good artists create on their own or they borrow, but great artists steal. So what did you steal from someone else for your business? And how did you put your own twist on it for, for yourself? So I had obviously having been in the hotel industry and seeing all the processes, I mean, that's been around for years and years and years, Six Sigma. I would say my biggest inspirational book was Delivering Happiness from Tony Shea. Um, and that's all about company culture. And then Emith. If there are two books that every entrepreneur on earth should read, it's Delivering Happiness and Emith. And then, you know, some of the things I said about becoming system dependent, that is right out of Emith. So they're very, very successful. They've taken a lot of business owners and they've made them so that they're not working in their business, but on their business. 
and they're out of the delivery area. And I love that. And I'm the, I'm the same as that, but I'm part really on the processes and the procedures and documenting that and getting that in order and making it useful because those are breathing, breathing, living documents that constantly change and you have to be flexible. So I do that side of it where E-Myth really does, you know, gets the owner or the entrepreneur to think like an owner. And I, I provide the means. I'm, I'm in there hands-on doing it. My team is. Okay. So how do you achieve efficiency for you and your company? So my tagline is achieve stability. So you talk mm-hmm. about efficiency and you talk about longevity. I, for, for, for my company itself, you know, we've, we've been around since 2009. I have worked with probably at this point, at least four or 500 business owners uh, over the years. And one thing is talk about stealing. I've niched myself with small businesses and a lot with the healthcare. The system is all the same. It's the personality and the culture of the office that is different. So since I've systematized how we do our stuff, what used to maybe take us 1,200 to 1,500 hours now takes us maybe about 600 hours. And so we've been able, like, where I used to be 35 employees, I'm actually down to 16 employees, but triple the income because we've made everything efficient by systematizing our own system. But again, we're very hands-on. So uh, a lot of the, the consulting and the services we do are very customized to that, that practice or that, that office that we're working with. How long did it take Personnel Matters to really get to the level that it's at now? God, all these embarrassing questions, right? You, you have me in the raw. You're not seeing the... the the PR pretty side of me. So the idea came about in 2005, right? When I was still in hotel and I felt I could do it better. 2009 is when I had my first baby and I still needed stability, right? So I, I stayed with the property management company actually for another five years, but on the side, I started the side business. So really, really, it got going where I pulled the plug was in 2013. And then 2015, it just took off and, it, and it's just been boom, 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 boom. And I can, I can tell you, I have had more consult. Ironically, I've trained a ton of consultants. They come here. I make it look easy. So then they go, oh, I'm going to go start my own. Not everybody's is successful. Again, where the delivering happiness, you know, figure out your company culture. People love me working with them because I'm very empathetic. I do understand and I have years of background in different types of businesses. Mm -hmm. So that's what makes personnel matters great. And then we're multifaceted. I mean, I have people that have worked in all different walks of life. So we, we have a lot to bring to the table that way. All right. What has been the biggest challenge in your field to date to overcome? Because I'm working with entrepreneurs. I'm working with owners who think they can do it better. And what I plead most with them is you can have all the great ideas, but let me help you put that and make it in actuality. Because these, these entrepreneurs, they, they dig themselves down, right? Most people be, wanted to start their own business because they wanted to 
do it their way. They wanted to have all the money, but more importantly, they wanted to have time. Now, if you can honestly stand back and look at your business and see, are you spending time with your family? You may have tons of money in reserves, or you may be in such debt and have nothing. So you're still in the same truck. You're still doing it your own way. So sometimes, you know, I have to get the owners to see, listen, you're great. I'm going to be the person in the back that's going to help you. What is it? Behind every great man is a, a, a great woman. A great woman helping them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what we are. And, 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 and we, want, we want the entrepreneur to shine. And we really do want them to spend time with their family. We don't want them to look back at, and they're at 47 years old and they're like, I always wanted children and I always wanted, you know, a life and I wanted to travel around. And now they're finally successful. And it's like, I'm 47. So I want to start on the kid thing. Then by the time I'm 65, now I can travel around the world. As an entrepreneur, my biggest suggestion and what I have learned is do it, but know your weaknesses and know when you need help. And people, there are great people outside of myself. There's great people that can help support you and get you to your dreams. Who is the ideal client for you? Where, where should they go to find out more about you? And what would you want their first steps to be to get in contact with you? Okay, good. So I have a website. It's www.achievestability.com. You can go on there. There's an assessment that you can take. It's good. You're going to learn a lot about yourself. And then it'll send me a notification. Also on there is my cell number. So you can call me directly. I work with all the clients, bringing them on, getting them onboarded as clients. And then I have documentation specialists that'll work. But it's I do the, the first beginning strategy. So I know where they want to go. And then we can help them get them there. As far as an ideal client, any entrepreneur that wants help. Again, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. There are hundreds of thousands of very successful startup companies. There are hundreds of thousands of multi-million dollar companies. So I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm there taking what they did successful, stealing all their successful actions and helping you get there. So you don't have to go and do all of the research and do all the policy writing and all the procedure. I have a team of people who will do that for you. We're not super expensive. Uh, the ROI is the stability in the staff. And, and then obviously, if you're building your business, you're going to always build it to potentially sell it. So the more you have your processes documented, yeah. that creates stability with the staff and then obviously increased value for the business. If you ever got evaluation. Well, Laurie, thank you so, so much for being on the show. And for those of you at home, make sure to like and subscribe and share this with a friend. We'll see you next week. Want to learn the tricks of our trade? We have them all laid out in our courses on Harmon Brothers University. This isn't surface level stuff here. This is our entire playbook, all our secrets laid out in full, the same training we give our own employees. You'll find courses on ad buying, writing video scripts to sell your product or service, creating the kind of large production ads we're known for, even making short ads 
using nothing but your cell phone. If you're looking to use video marketing to take your business to the next level, Harmon Brothers University has the course for you. Our students have seen incredible growth in their businesses by implementing what they learned in our courses. Take these reviews as living proof. We've now got multiple campaigns that are in the millions of views and in the multiple millions of dollars in sales. Within a week, we're close to 10 million views, over a million in sales, and most impressively, we've covered 100% of the production costs in the first 24 hours of releasing it. We saw immediate results. Sales went up 10x the first day. The first video we did, is over 30 million views, the most customers that we've ever acquired in a single month. I think we had about 26,000 new customers. Go to HarmonBrothersUniversity.com to start accelerating your business's growth with video.